Let's take a look at this first reading again. It seems a little bit sort of symbolic, a little mysterious. But I have to say that, and I was counting it last night, in seven sentences, in seven sentences, the, uh, the author of the book of wisdom is able to summarize the whole Exodus, its significance and its meaning. In very few words, and as, as I begin to read this, uh, and I know you, you heard it, it sounded so poetic. It's almost like a poetry wrote in prose. When peaceful stillness compassed everything, and the night in its swift course was half spent, your all-powerful word from heaven's royal throne bounded a fierce warrior into the doomed land, bearing the sharp sword of your inexorable decree. That's the first one, the, the description of the environment. Peaceful night, halfway spent, which is midnight. And then, O powerful word of God, sent through a fierce warrior, like, a, like a, the angel, into the doom land, bearing sharp sword and an inexorable decree. Now the second one is, and as he alighted, he filled every place with death. He still reached to heaven while he stood upon the earth. Remember, before the Exodus, there are several things that took place there. You know, um, God, who has revealed himself to Moses as a God who, know, who knows and sees injustices and suffering. God reveals himself to Moses. Moses uh, says, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I have seen your suffering, and I have come to rescue you. So this is the this is the the, the, the just before the Exodus, before the before the Passover meal. So God who sees, and then He sends Moses. First of all, He reveals His name. You know, Moses says, "If I go to the people, who do I say? Who is sending me? What is your name?" And so God reveals Himself as the I Am who am. I am who's always is. I am who always was, I am always who will be, and I am the God of mercy because I have seen your affliction, I have come to rescue you, and I'm also God of justice because, because I have come not only to rescue but to free you from, from the oppression. And so here it is, this author is able to describe the very moment when the God promises are fulfilled. As you know, there were seven plagues. The last plague was that the firstborn of the Egyptians will die on account of Pharaoh, who refused to let them go, refused to free the people from the bondage of slavery. Because he, because he refused, then the firstborn of the Egyptians died. But because, as you remember, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's uh, attack against the the, the, the chosen people was that all males would be di di died, all males would be killed, and so they were killing all the male children. And so the, as we can see that God did not punish the Egyptians with, 
eye for an eye, but only the firstborn. Not all males, but only the firstborn. And it is that which convinced Pharaoh to let the people go. And so here we have this book of wisdom saying that in the middle of the night, in this quiet, a fierce warrior comes. And, 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 the, and the death of the firstborns has been, has been made through the decree of God. The second aspect is this, if you read more, for all creation in its several kinds was being made over anew, serving its natural laws that your children might be preserved unharmed. Yes, the Lord is saying that he wants to renew his people. The, the, yes, the people, the Hebrew people, he wants to renew them so they may unleash a, a history of grace, powerful grace, commandments, code of holiness, fidelity to God, trust in him, preparing this people for the birth of Christ. It continues, the cloud overshadowed their camp and out of what had been before, water, dry land was now emerging. So they're able to leave now, if Pharaoh lets them go, and then they, there's a sea and they're in pursuit. And here it says, out of the Red Sea, okay, the cloud overshadowed their camp and out of the, what had been water, dry land was emerging, which means that the great miracle that they were able to pass through the Red Sea in a dry land. And then it says, and out of the Red Sea, an unimpeded road and a grassy plain out of the mighty flood came out, unimpeded road, because they were no longer harassed. They could go freely. Okay, over, the cross, over this cross, the whole nation sheltered by your hand. And, and after they beheld stupendous wonders, God's hand was leading them fire by night, cloud by day, feeding, nourishing, manna, you know, the, the, uh, the, 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 the meat, uh, all the things which they absolutely needed to survive. So God provided for them, and, and the scriptures, the color says, beheld stupendous, war, uh, stupendous wonder, wonders because people realized what God has done for them. For they ranged about like horses and bounded about like lambs, praising you, O Lord, their deliverer. They had the strength of a horse and yet in the sense of a lamb. And they were able to, to live and survive. As you can see, praising you, Lord, their deliverer. My redeemer lives. Your deliverer or redeemer lives. You see, see what happens in those seven sentences. It's a whole summary of the Exodus, its reasons, how God guided them. But it also shows, very important, that people believed. That people believed. Remember the, the lamb, the sacrificial lamb. To be protected, you have to, uh, to take the unblemished lamb and mark the doorposts with that and now pass by. You know, during the time of, of um, the very difficult moment in our own history with the, with the pandemic raging right at the beginning, we, we reminded people of the promises that God has given through the image. I'll protect the homes. I'll protect uh, the dwellings. 
those who honor me, who have venerated me. You know, the divine mercy image, just like the, the, the doorposts that were marked by the, by the blood of the Lamb. We placed at, at everyone's disposal the rays of blood, the rays of Jesus, the blood marking out the, uh, the doorposts of each, each home for protection, for grace. And we know that the Lord's grace has been extraordinary because we have heard so many examples of people and, and, and a special protection. So here it is, not only what God has done, but also how people believed and trusted and relied on the promises of God. We're invited to do the same. The Lord promises to be with us till the end of time. I will never abandon you, Jesus says. I'll always be with you. God will never abandon us. Doesn't matter what the, what the future looks like. We will be with him because ultimately he draws us to himself. He wants us to be with him. And he wants to even transform us to be like the son of God that we may share his glory. Too good to be true. No, we have examples of the past, not only the Exodus, but throughout the history, how God has somehow rescued us with his from Hitler's and Stalin's and Pol Pot's and all the other ones. Ultimately, yes, for a while there's a suffering, but ultimately when we rely on God, God's power is there. Why would communists fall? Part of it was John Paul's faith, establishing solidarity among people. I was part of that. I remember what happened to me, the courage, the strength that comes conviction there's no more fear because if you know the Lord is with you what can you fear why can you run away God is with us yes suffering is there yes because we share the consequences of sin original sin yes and then the Lord somehow chooses even those who, um, who are very close to him he asks them to share his suffering for the redemption of the world the way as St. Paul says for the people of today. Yes, only God can save, and Jesus saved us all. But somehow in the mystery of St. Paul says that God is asking us, Jesus is asking us to share in this cross for the, for the church, for the world today. Somehow in the mystery of God, it makes sense. And so for those who especially are called to great suffering, they have to be reminded again and again because human suffering and pain blinds us, it doesn't allow us to see, and yet we share in the sufferings of Christ for the redemption of our people today. But even though there's a beautiful story here of the past, but we also have a very important teaching today from our gospel, and that is persevering prayer. Persevering prayer. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. Pray with, with, without becoming weary. And then he gave the example of a crooked judge. <laughs> you know, seems like the Lord shouldn't be doing this, but he did. He says, just listen, there's a judge here. There's a judge who neither feared God nor respected any human being, and the widow in the town kept coming to him, say, render a just judgment, decision for me against my adversary. 
And he says, well, it's true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being because this widow keeps bothering me. I shall deliver a just decision for her lest she finally come and harm me. <laughs> a judge was afraid of her. <laughs> he didn't, was not afraid of God. He was not afraid of anybody, but he was afraid of this widow because it was bugging him and bugging him. Perhaps it was the, the striking was psychological because I don't think this Buddha would be afraid, you know, to be striking him with hand. But the fact is, it's psychological. You know, this nagging, you know, the nagging. How many people gave in to nagging of their loved ones? Sometimes they're blessed nagging. And God is nagging us to respond to him too. Sometimes we don't want it, but he keeps on nagging us gently. I shouldn't be using those words, but if Jesus could use a parable like that, I think maybe I can also use the expression. The, 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 the beautiful gift of nagging, if it's built out of love, for love, and for salvation. Now, the Lord says to his disciples, because he spoke to the disciples, he didn't speak to everybody, but he says to the disciples, but obviously we should, we, all of us are his disciples, so, so we, we are to listen to it. Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones? who call out to him day and night? Do you think God will be indifferent? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. Okay, you know there's a Tertullian, there's a early church theologian, and he said the following, he made a sort of kind of brave statement, he says, no one can conquer God, but prayer can. Isn't that interesting? Prayer, persevering prayer. And that is, that is very important. And then if we were to go today and commemorate both the dedication of St. Peter and Paul Basilicas, just like we did it on the 9th of November, dedication of St. John the Lateran, the mother church. But the Basilica of St. Peter and Paul, which were built in fourth century, there are witnesses to faith, the witnesses of St. Paul's and St. Peter's faith. The, both basilicas were built on a spot where they, they offer their life for Christ. Basilica of St. Peter is where Peter died, and Basilica of St. Paul is where the, Paul was beheaded. Those are the two spots. And so it's not just a building, but it's the witness of their faith. That faith was manifested in their willingness to offer their lives for Christ. That is confidence in him. Confidence in the power of God's love and his redemptive grace. But we know how Peter encourages in this letter, how he encourages people to pray, pray. Don't be afraid, give witness. St. Paul speaks of prayer. He says, I am like a libation, like a prayer itself. His whole life was just basically prayer, turning to God and trusting himself to, to the Lord. We have another example today of St. Rose, Philippine Duchesne. She was a visitation sisters, but the French uh, Revolution eliminated, closed all the religious communities and and so she could not return because there was no, no community there anymore. So she joined this Society of the Sacred Heart. 
And then uh, soon enough, she was sent as a missionary in 1818 to the United States, to the French Jesuit missions in the area of New Orleans. But one thing she did is this. Yes, while she was in the area of New Orleans, she could use French, but her heart was to do missions among, especially among the native, native peoples. And even though she was, she was sent to, um, to um, uh, Kansas, she did not know the Indian language at all. But there's one thing that she did is for the last 10 years of her life, she was praying because she was suffering a great deal. She couldn't do anything. She was literally like on a cross. And her prayer is so effective, efficacious, day and night, suffering and prayer united into one. She was able to do extraordinary things. Not only she saved the Jesuit missions, the powerful Jesuits, she had to save them by prayer. From, and, and this is what we have. But there's, again, there's a last thing that I wish to share with you. And, and that is the last sentence of today's gospel. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When the Son of Man comes, he'll find, will he find faith on earth? The Divine Mercy message, as I say it many times, Jesus says that this message is for the end times, as a preparation for my second coming. Why is this very important? A preparation, which means reminding this message of divine mercy reminds us of all the truths of our faith. The presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Persevering prayer, novenas, chaplet. Jesus says, pray without ceasing, just like today, without becoming weary. What does it say? It re renews and refreshes our image of God. God is the Father of love, Father of mercy, the one who cares, just like the first reading today. He cared for the people, the Hebrew people, the people of covenant, would not let them be mistreated, killed. Renewal of the image of God, realizing that all the graces that we celebrate as people of God are Paschal mystery oriented, which means that Paschal mystery is what we celebrate as Christians. Paschal mystery means Christ suffering, dying, and rising. During the Paschal mystery, the Lord institutes the Eucharist, priesthood, sacrament of penance. We have, the, we have all the, the gifts the reality of, 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 of Jesus in the Eucharist as being my body, my blood. But not only that, that's the, those gifts that we have received, this is what we share each day when we celebrate Masses, when we receive spiritually Holy Communion, when we meditate on the three o'clock hour, hour that, again, Paschal Mystery, that Jesus died for us. Uh, the chaplet, again, is Paschal Mystery because we turn to the Father and offer Jesus the, his full humanity and divinity, body and, blood, body, and soul, body and blood, soul and divinity. We offer him as an atonement for our sacri atoning sacrifice, atonement for our sins. See, this is, what, this is what the Lord is doing. He says this message is for the end times, which means an invitation to believe again, profoundly believe 
in, 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 in Christ's mission, in his self-offering, in his offering on the cross, and, and the blessings that flow from that sacrifice of Jesus. We are here. We proclaim his gospel. We share in the sacraments, Eucharist, baptism, penance, uh, sacrament of, of matrimony, priesthood, confirmation. These are the gifts that God is giving us and, and it's little sacraments that he shares his divine life with us. That's why people do, avoiding the sacraments, do not receiving the Eucharist, not going to confession, not, not participating uh, fully in the sacrament of marriage because marriage gives the gifts, the, the, the divine gifts to the people who are married. Yes, we have problems, we have difficulties, and yet it's a sustaining power to bring people close to this intimate union and communion. These are sacraments, and God works to them. God becomes, gives us himself through these, through these gifts. Yes, the Lord does through the, through, uh, through, uh, the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Lord, he does through meditation and, and contemplation. Yes, it is all true, and pro proclamation as well. But nonetheless, he established these, these sacraments for us. And we, we, we starve ourselves, just like a battery. If it doesn't have continuous source of power, yes, it can be charged up. But when we, like, like a battery, we're using it up and do not replenish it, then even the greatest equipment, greatest computers, greatest smartphones are dead. Same with us. If we do not nourish ourselves through the sacramental life, prayer, we, we become diminished, our power becomes diminished, and ultimately we don't practice, we don't share, we don't enter into communion with God. So this is the, this is the invitation today. God has called us through the gospel to possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he has called us, but he wants us to be open to him, receive, pray, continuously receive the sacraments until we will one day share in his glory. And so, see how, how wonderful God is. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. Remember the marvels, don't forget. May we never forget his presence in the Eucharist. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.
Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.